Thank you for listening to Wolfcast and Pod, the episode-by-episode breakdown of Angel the Television series. We will be discussing each episode in detail, so we have no concern for spoilers and the like. Please enjoy. They told me it was true, but I ain't believe them. Damn, here it is. Evil white folks really do have a mech. Now, 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 girls, don't get all riled up. Ow! Did you just step on my foot? Was that my foot you just stepped on? Are you assaulting me up in this haven of justice? Somebody give me a lawyer. Because my civil rights have seriously been violated. from the higher powers it's another episode of wolfcast and pod the episode by episode breakdown of angel the television series that will in all likelihood take you more time to listen to than it would to watch the show i'm marcia joining me is ruben how's it going i'm good how are you today marcia doing well been up to anything fun um in an academic but not physical sense so no I don't know if you can tell on the video how much more tan I am because I've been biking around town playing Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Nice. Have you have you caught them all? No. I don't think you can catch them all yet, actually. I don't have Pokemon Go, but everyone I know has it. Um, the other day I was at a doctor's appointment and she was like, okay, be careful not to get any sun. And then she inter- interrupted herself with laughing and she was like, oh, who am I kidding? <laughs> She's like, you don't look like you get out much. Yeah. I, it's a pretty time-intensive game, so I don't know if you could play it to a level which you enjoy it. Yeah, I haven't even bothered downloading it. I mostly, um, like, I don't think I like Pokemon Go enough to play it, and I don't like biking enough to bike but apparently combining (laughs) biking and Pokemon Go is fun for me. I actually just got a new music program, and I've been making super webs and dubs style songs, (laughs) like techno songs, and uploading them to my Tumblr. So I'm about 13 years old. (laughs) That's amazing. And awesome. You're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of amazing, today we're going to be discussing Blind Date, and it is my turn to give the plot summary, so I will do that right now which is the episode begins with Angel following up on a vision from Cordelia that happens off screen and uh, runs into what turns out to be a um, Wolfram and Hart assassin who just so also happens to be blind. Um, When uh, Angel is uh, both Angel and Lindsay are sort of similarly having crises of faith at this time. Angel feels like Wolfram and Hart is always winning and that, um, you know, he can save lots of people, but that it doesn't make any difference. Lindsay, on the other hand, is maybe 
starting to be concerned that uh, he's gone too far and that he's doing things that he's not morally okay with. And this comes together in, you know, a sort of buddy cop way where Lindsay comes to Angel for help. And Angel says that, you know, he'll help him if uh, Lindsay helps him by getting some uh, information about this blind assassin out of Wolfram and Hart's vaults. So he and Lindsay and Gunn all work together for Angel to break into this vault. And as he's getting the information, like something out of a movie, this scroll calls to him. Angel grabs it and leaves with it, and Wesley gets to translating it. Lindsay, however, doesn't get to escape Wolfram and Hart before the mind readers come in and find out what he and other lawyers have been doing. And uh, unlike the less lucky Lee, Lindsay is allowed to live, and, you know, Holland Manners, who's introduced in this episode, puts it to him, you know, that he has a choice to make. Um, he helps Angel save some children from this blind assassin, but then when he goes back to uh, Wolfram and Hart to tell Holland Manners that he's leaving, he, Holland Manners essentially offers him his old job as Holland Manners is being promoted. Uh, and Lindsay, Godfather shot style, closes the door on uh, leaving. What do you think of this episode? Um, I'm glad you did the plot summary because I was on episode 22 over here. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and I definitely just searched through my files to make sure we hadn't already done this one. We haven't. But we Last haven't. Last one we did was Warzone. Um, this one is irritating to me. I didn't like it. Yeah. I really like Lindsay. I really like Angel. I really like, um, Gun. But just something about this episode didn't do it for me. Interesting. Well, then this is going to be like the second or third episode that, um, I have a higher rating than you because what? I like this episode. Give it a B minus. Um, I'm not so into the blind assassin. I feel like that's kind of dumb, but pretty much yeah. everything else I like about it. I like finding out about Lindsay's character. I like how when he gives his backstory speech that like you get to know him a little bit better, but then it also makes fun of the whole backstory speech idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, like that. And uh, mostly I really like Holland Manners. I really like him as an actor. I like uh, he's someone who can deliver speeches in this show so far and have them not sound like speeches like sound like an actual human person talking you um, mean bernard from lost is that who he is i don't know i've never he was also lost. on the x-files mm -hmm. um i only know him from this where well, i really like him he is excellent in every single role that he is in. It is so, like, it's good to have him on the show. I'll say mm -hmm. that. I forgot that he was introduced in this episode. And uh, like many characters who I like, I wrote down my note as Holland Manners! Exclamation point. And uh, it's pretty impressive, I think, to sort of just get into a role on a television show so quickly like 
Yeah. Most actors take a little while to like, you know, sort of get the groove of their character. And, you know, with movies, they're given the benefit of longer shooting times and more rehearsal and more time to like work with the other actors and script to get the characters down before, you know, they even start shooting in multiple takes and stuff like that. And TV doesn't usually give you that opportunity. So to have yeah. someone just sort of step in, especially to, you know, a foreign set with some people who already have established characters and just be ready to go is always really impressive. Yeah, um, I think he's kind of like Angel's answer to the mayor with none of the cheesy, you know, B-movie horror. You know, and I really love the mayor, but I feel like he's a more interesting take on the mayor, someone that would actually live in the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's less goofy dad and more like, you know, caring dad but evil. <laughs> yeah. Like he's genuinely concerned about Lindsay's future, but he's genuinely concerned because he doesn't want him to become a good person. <laughs> mm. It's it's more like, to me, like, he knows, he thinks the path to being um, fulfilled is to having the most power, right? He's not really concerned about being a good person or being a bad person. He just yeah. thinks she should do whatever it takes to get the most power. Right. Fair enough. Um... My first Let's note see. is army dudes because they're those ro- uh, mechanical wind-up army dudes going across the sidewalk. Yeah. Um, but my first important note is where is this fight happening? <laughs> <laughs> this warehouse. Where is yeah. this warehouse? I What's like going some, on in here? Some kind of vampire fight. It. Like the point of the scene is to introduce us to the blind assassin which it does that just fine, but it introduces all this other information without answering any of it. (laughs) Mm. Like, you know, I mentioned in my plot description that this is like the end of a vision that was, you know, we didn't get to see what it was about, but that information feels missing in this first scene. I don't think it gets off to a very good start. Yeah. um, The mm -hmm. blind assassin looks extremely like someone that I used to know that I did not like, and I think that colors my interpretation of this entire episode. I think she looks like Eliza Dushku with curly hair and lighter colored hair and freckles. Yes. (laughs) But the same shape face. Um, I think the chain slide vampire into Broken Palette is pretty funny, but, uh, and cool. But I also wrote down, why leave a fight that you're winning? Like, She's kicking Angel's butt, but then she runs away. Why? Um, my next note is that it's possible she's not a demon at all, and then LOL. <laughs> <laughs> my next note is Helen Kellerus homicidalist, a joke that I didn't really enjoy. Anticipated her moves before he did that uh, handy skill in a fight. And then Cordelia says, or a date. (laughs) And then I think our next scene that we get is Angel busting into her trial and throwing something. He throws her her sunglasses, which he picked up at the fight. Yeah, And she catches them. There's no way. the whole, you know, jury room is like, oh, oh. (laughs) 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 Yeah. 
Not a strong start to this episode, in my opinion, although I do like um, Cordelia's line from the last scene when she says, sometimes human people can be disgusting. True, true. As opposed to demon people. My favorite shot was probably the glasses throwing. (laughs) This is the second time in, like, three episodes where Angel has stormed into a courtroom. (laughs) They've decided it's kind of a courtroom. A Wolfram and Hart case. Yeah, they're like, it's kind of a courtroom drama, but maybe not that much. (laughs) The show would have been so different if they were like constantly putting Angel on the stand. (laughs) Um, Um, We see Weasel Guy in the next scene. The Wolfram and Hart lawyer that we don't really know his name, but he kind of looks like a weasel. I'm going to call him Weasel Guy. <laughs> That's completely fair, but the only reason why I remember that his name is Lee this time is because then I realized that all three of our young associates have names L names. With L. Yep. Ugh, dumb. Lila, Lee, and Lindsay. Um, um, and we see his boss have a super weirdly close conversation with someone. Isn't he like a close talker? Like he's standing right next to someone? Mm-hmm. Not only that, but apparently he's a close camera shotter as well because they do really extreme close-ups of Holland Manor's face. I to know. Like give it kind of like a weird distorted look, and like, which I really liked personally because the show kind of avoids close-ups a lot of the time. Later so in the like, episode, I think that close lens got stuck on the camera because there were some scenes they did not need it and they had it on there. Like I was <laughs> trying to see what the F was happening and they were like, oh, here's our 85 Prime. Let's just slap this on here for a hallway shot. Maybe they just got in the winds and they were super excited to use it. I think so. Way too much. <laughs> it did not make sense for for like half of the shots it was in. I don't know. I'm just pissed at this episode for some reason. <laughs> it, that's fair. <laughs> You're definitely more aware of the aesthetics things than me. Um, I didn't take too many notes on the aesthetics in this episode. Um, Holland and Lindsay kind of look out over the city of L.A., and, uh, uh, you know, have a discussion about what the world is like. He says it's not that complicated for those who know how to use it. I don't know if I agree with that. No, it's terrible. It's a terrible way to think. It doesn't even make any sense. The world's complicated for everyone. I mean, I mean, I think it's less complicated for rich, white, straight men, but... I mean, I would say it's easier, but people can make the world as complicated as they want to, you know? Fair. Um, Then I wrote down, Angel really doesn't like phones. Bones? Phones. Because he smashes the phone out of anger when he finds out that the the blind assassin has gotten off. Right. And um, I think we've talked before about like my personal experience with the justice system, but I think anyone that's had an ex- any experience with the justice system will agree and find the frustration too. Yep. Um, I know of, I don't think she won, but I know of someone that my mom told me who like, a judge wouldn't overturn a ticket that she wanted overturned, and so then she ran against the judge to try to deceit this judge for not overturning the ticket that she wanted, and like, 
She almost won. Nice. Can you imagine someone winning a judgeship and like that's the reason why they went into being a judge was like complete pettiness? Yep. Did you see that video where um, a woman appeared in the courtroom with nothing on from her waist down? I didn't watch the video because I knew it would make me upset, but I mean, I saw the article being passed around. I really liked the judge. That was the only judge I've ever seen that she was like, what? And she like hopped on her phone right away. She was like, I can't believe this. She was like, there's someone in here that is naked. And she like ripped him up over the (laughs) phone right away. Yeah. I mean, I've, I don't think that I can watch all the horrible videos anymore. Yeah, I definitely have to... I had to unsubscribe from a lot of news. Um, Maybe last year, last summer, about this time. So it's like, this just constantly makes me sad and I have no outlet for helping anyone at this point. If only we were like Angel describes, no guilt, no torment. It's pure. (laughs) If only we could... sound like a robot. Like, I could understand what you were saying. You just sounded funky, and then I couldn't understand what you were saying at all. (laughs) Um, What I was saying is, um, the way the angel gets over his frustration. Your video just cut. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I turned it off. The way the angel gets over his frustration is by being a vigilante which has severe repercussions you know in real life so for me it's not really the best thing either but i understand in the context of the show yeah there you know you've talked about setting up things that aren't answered until later in the show and this is very clearly like setting up the arc that's going to be the first half of season two about what Angel's place is in the world and like how he can't dedicate himself to just trying to rack up saves in a way yeah or I was super excited that it's just going to I was super excited to talk about season two episode one because it's hilarious (laughs) it's like inside out episode but okay where were we well I haven't rewatched it yet so we're probably not okay. going to do that. Um, Lindsay shows up at this point, and uh, he's, you know, telling Angel about Angel, and uh, he's, you know, he said that he's never experienced anything like real poverty. You know, his father had some servants, and I thought it was funny. Angel corrects him. He <laughs> just goes, the just one. the one servant. <laughs> I noticed in the speech there was a lot of place in the world, my world, their world, system, place, world. Like, that was this the whole thing that, in, that mm-hmm. Lindsay was saying. What I noticed about this speech is that Lindsay is basically giving a defense for why he, you know, has acted like he acted. But then later, when Holland Manners introduces basically the same concept as a defense for um, the blind assassin, he kind of... Shrugs it off. Cringes it. Yeah, he's like, he, he's like, oh... I don't, he's like, that's not a good way to, like, explain someone's behavior. Or maybe he's just upset that it's being used. But to me, it's kind of, uh, I feel like even at that moment before, you know, the Lindsay turn comes at the end of the episode, that we're kind of hinted at that, you know, 
maybe things aren't like gonna be okay for Lindsay that like when you try to use these kinds of things to justify your actions that it doesn't not a good justification for being terrible especially since Lindsay absolutely knows what is right and what is wrong and he just chooses to go with what will give him more power um Angel says uh or, sorry, as Angel is very funny in this episode to me. First, he pretends, pretends to fall asleep during Lindsay's speech, which is funny to me. And then um, when he tells him that he's going to have to go back in Wolfram and Hart to help him get the files, um, Lindsay says, you know, uh, that he could die. And Angel's like, that's what we call an acceptable <laughs> yeah, I risk. Thought that was great. <laughs> and, and then Lindsay's like, what a, he's like, uh, He's like, if I died, would that convince you that I've changed? And Angel goes, it'd be a start. (laughs) Um, And then Angel goes off to Gunn to call in that favorite that he said that he might need. Um, And Gunn, mirroring my own sentiment, says I'm not really interested in some rich guy's heartbreak. Yep. (laughs) Um, But Angel convinces him that it would be fun. I do like this episode when it turns into like a casino caper. Yes. <laughs> I think that and Holland Manners are probably the highlight of the episode. Yeah, Although definitely. It, when they're breaking in, it does have two extreme canted angle shots of Lindsay that I'm not a fan of. <laughs> yes. Don't they call that <laughs> Swedish tilt? Or th- yeah. Yeah. It has like seven or eight different names. Yeah. I don't know why canted is the one that I always call it, but yeah. I call it funky tilt. At least when I do um, it. So we got this three-part job, Lindsay delivering, uh, you know, credentials to Angel secretly. Angel, you know, welding his way, uh, the reverse of welding, uh, <laughs> in, in through the basement, in through the sewers to get in. Um, and uh, gun you know, tricking the vampire alarm by bringing in a vampire at the same time that Angel is sneaking into the place. Gun's part was my favorite, even though he really was blacking it up in this episode. Um, yeah, like, uh, I still like the scene, and it's funny, but it does feel, like, a lot more depressing in today's climate because, um, like, I think now you would be hard pressed to find this scene realistic. Like he would be taken down or beaten or killed almost immediately. Yep. And I mean, that was probably always true. It just wasn't as well publicized as it yeah. is now. Yeah. But I mean, it's a TV show, so I guess they get to draw attention to it without the, you know, real consequences. That's true. Which I mean, in year 2000, kind of ahead of the game, as far as that's concerned. When did the LA riots happen? 92, but I don't think, you know, Major League Television was talking about Rodney King references. Right, no. like the, Or even casually. like talking about the differences between black people and white privilege. Yeah. So yeah. I. So, um, dated, but still a cool scene, I think, especially yeah. for its time. 
I and then um, Angel. So Angel's in the vault at this point, right? And mm-hmm. he starts. My favorite part of this is when he blows the dust into the demon's eyes, and then immediately passes out. <laughs> he goes, "Thank yes. you, Wesley." I like that for this episode they showed all the action instead of showing all the preparation, because normally they're about Scooby Squadron and research. Yes. And like the big moment, the big turn is like, oh, and they find this page in a book. The standard in the heist genre now is especially the cross-cutting of the plan yes. with the plan actually happening at the same time. So in some ways, it's almost refreshing to see it the old way where you just see the plan. <laughs> Since the other thing has now become such old hat. Um, this is when he finds uh, what I believe are called the Abrajan prophecies, but we always, I think everyone thinks of it as the Shanshu prophecies. Shanshu. That's the part that involves uh, Angel. Yeah, and, um, and there, then, uh, he's in this room full mm-hmm. of objects. It's like a lockbox room. I liked that room a lot, how they did the visual of it. Yeah. And then he starts hearing, like, it was gray. white. It was, like, slate gray. Okay. Yeah. It's all shiny. And It and reminded me of, like, a really light. fancy bathroom that you would see in, like, some architect's, pro, like, pro, uh, portfolio. But I had, you know, magic stuff in it. So it, he gets, and he gets drawn by that scroll in, like, a very stereotypical... And you know what? I, it was weird to me because they never backed off of that like super stereotypical the scroll called to me because it's my destiny thing. I thought they would like make fun of that, but they leaned into it hard at the end of the episode. He was like, "I just, mm-hmm. I just knew it was about me. I knew it." Apparently, uh, for all the terrible things the Wolfman Heart does, it doesn't have that much of a diversity problem since its mind readers are women of color. Yes, I love that. Well, we don't know that they were women for sure. Yeah, they definitely yes, looked like black women. Yeah. Probably demons, right? I assumed right? that they were humans, but maybe not. Maybe part human. They looked like the Vulcans from Star Trek. Yeah. They looked like, um, oh, dang. I'll try to think of her name. Grace? Jones. Grace Jones. Is that who I'm thinking of? Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah, they look like Grace Jones, which I am a fan. Um, So anyway, so so the point we're at is uh, they've announced... We get shot in the back of the head. (laughs) (laughs) They've announced a random mind reading, like random drug testing, but random mind reading. And Lila, Lindsay, and Lee are all gathered up together to get their minds read. And apparently Lila hasn't been doing anything good, (laughs) anything against the firm. Um, But Lee was going to maybe defect to another firm and take clients with him. So he gets shot in the face. Yeah, wasn't it? Who was it that shot him? Was it the boss? Just a security guard. And they acted like they were going to shoot Lindsay, and then they didn't. And then it turned out that um, Lindsay was doing it, too. 
yeah, then they have a conversation. Um, Holland and Lindsay. Uh, and, uh, well, first we get a scene of Angel back at the um, agency. And uh, Cordelia says, where's Lindsay? And he's like, I don't know. If he made it, um, we'll see him. He'll be here. If not, there's no need to go back for him. And I was like, kind of cold, super cold, kinda Angel. Cold. Um, um, and I wrote down that villains always have a weird parental relationship mm, with people in yeah. the Buffyverse. Because Holland Manners calls uh, Lindsay's son and like talks to him like a dad talks to a son. And uh, all throughout season four, Maggie Walsh talks to uh, Adam, her Frankenstein creation, and also all the soldiers as if they're her children. Hmm. She's their mommy. The next thing I've written down is a zip drive. Yeah. Cordelia is decrypting the information while Willow is doing the same back in Sunnydale. And they're having drive. an over the phone gab where Willow helps her decrypt it. And, and the it's best hilarious. Part, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very funny. And the best part, in my opinion, of the scene by far is when uh, Cordelia is on the phone and like she puts up her finger because like Wesley and Angel are talking like to be silent. She's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Willow says, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and like Angel and Wesley both like do this lean in thing. Like, you know, they're about to get really important information. And then my fi one of my final notes is, do we hear about those kids after this? I think we yeah. even skipped, did we skip over that scene where, with the kids? Oh, oh, I mean, yeah, it's the, that's the thing that like, you know, how Manners tells him to, uh, Lindsay that he needs to come up with this defense because the blind assassin is going to kill these kids who are coming into town who are, uh, also part of this prophecy and, uh, they think that they might be bad for Wolfram and Hart's goals. So that's when he decides to defect and that's the files that they go to get is to find out information on when the kids are coming into town and uh, stuff like that. Yep. My note is, is Angel wearing a zip-up pullover? <laughs> and the answer is yes. And it looks really nice. funny. Especially under his like big coat. <laughs> I guess it gets cold in LA. Cool fight. It's a uh, fun staging. Eh. See, I I can't believe we're so opposite on this episode. I didn't like the fight. The big turn of the fight was that she can't see them if they don't move, like a T Rex in Jurassic Park. <laughs> like they stand there. Are you saying you don't like the T Rex in Jurassic Park? I love Park? the T Rex. Because if so, I might need to find a new podcast. I love it. the T Rex in <laughs> Jurassic Park. I'm just saying. One of the great woman villains of history. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to keep coming up with new, interesting ways to do a fight. And, uh, like, having him, like, stand there and move quickly is, like, you don't see that that often. 
fighting is normally like a big, a constant, you know, waving your limbs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Another thing that I like about the fight is that it shows another departure between this show and Buffy is that Angel does not wring his hands whatsoever about murdering this human. Does he actually kill her? Whereas, oh yeah, cool. for sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, not cool, but it's definitely not going to torture him like it did Faith. Yeah. Um, then Wesley and Angel have that conversation you were talking about, um, where, you know, he finds out that, uh, it mentions him and Wesley finds out that it mentions Angel. And, uh, so he asks him why he took it and he's like, it felt like it was mine. And he's like, it makes sense. There's a design angel hidden in the chaos as it may be. Yeah, yeah I don't agree with that. But given the product of hindsight of how the show goes, I don't think the show agrees with it either. Although, based on how this scene goes, maybe the show agreed with it at this point. And so I'm just maybe. giving it credit for a place that it goes to later. Just like the next episode, he's like, oh, whatever it says, I don't care. <laughs> he's like, it drew drew me to it. And then he's like, meh. Yeah. Well, like, I'm glad we have the Shanshi pro- prophecies, but... And well, I guess we'll get there when we get there. But the, yeah, um, I, I that would be my problem with both this episode and the ne- next episode. Like in this episode, when he gets like super upset about her getting off, like I understand, but it also sort of comes out of nowhere. Like he hasn't been getting more and more frustrated over multiple episodes with like what's going on with Wolfram and Hart. When like if anything, his last interaction with them was the faith stuff which he you know decisively won yeah in a way um so i don't know it's like a pretty big twist from his last interaction with wolfram and hart being like completely committed to turning a person around to this episode where he's like dismissive of Lindsay and like super upset that he can't do any good and it's like what happened between the faith episodes and this episode true True, that true. is Basil's continuing complaint about almost anything. <laughs> that they don't build it up enough? Yeah, in each show. Like, it's like, all of a sudden he wakes up and he's like, I'm gonna be this way. Yeah. Like, especially with relationships, a lot of the time, he's like, why do they feel this strongly about each other after, like, a month? Why haven't we seen them on dates? What is going on here? Um... Angel gets to date Wolfram and Hart for a while. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, we get the final scene that I was talking about. Lindsay um, seems like he's being respectful in a weird way of, you know, old, an old boss and giving him a face-to-face I'm leaving notice. And uh, apparently Holland Manners knows how to talk to him because he just says, like... Uh, this is your office now. If you want it, I'm going upstairs. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> like, Lindsay pulled the big stand, and it turns out his stand was only a temper tantrum to Wolfram and Hart. They didn't even care. Yeah. 
I wonder if everyone... It's a cool desk. I wonder if everyone in upper management has at some point tried to betray the company. I'm guessing not everyone, but I assume based on what happened here with Lindsay that they, you know, feel like some people are worth a certain amount more risk than others. Yeah. For whatever reason. Well, you want some trivia? Yeah. Let's pull it up. I've got a little trivia for you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here it goes. You know, our Mm -hmm. friend... uh, Dang, here, hold on. Holland. Our friend Holland Manners. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mentioned he's on Lost. He's also on Friends. Yep, I, I know that. He is on um, the 100th episode. He's He plays a gynecologist. <laughs> and he's obsessed with the fawns. <laughs> and in fact, the next time that... Um, there's a male gynecologist on the show who helps deliver the baby. He also works at Wolfram and Hart. <laughs> what? Yep. The person who's Lila's boss, I can't remember his name, in season three and some of four. Um, that guy is also on Friends, also playing a gynecologist delivering a baby. This guy... He's delivering... Uh, Phoebe's babies and then this person is delivering Monica's adopted babies Um, he's also in let me see Bones he's also in Bones that I don't remember yeah she's in a couple of episodes okay that's all the trivia I have this episode takes place in April of 2000 because Angel, Cordelia, and Wesley read the assignment that says the children are supposed to arrive April 28th, 2000. And, uh... I can't remember if I mentioned this, but there's a continuity error because in this one, so Angel, as you remember, goes to see Buffy and Sunnydale, and then that episode uh, is, um, I can't remember the name of it, but that episode immediately goes into the very next day is the next episode of Buffy. Nice. So Angel leaves, and then the very next day is the second to last episode of Buffy. Now that second to last episode of Buffy corresponds with this episode of Angel, which means Warzone happens in between it, and Warzone takes place over multiple days. So they messed up the continuity huh. there. So supposedly while they're doing that there, Angel and Cordelia are doing, and Wes are doing this out here. Jennifer Badger, who guest stars as Vanessa, has previously been Charisma Carpenter and Eliza Dushku's stunt double. Nice. I guess that's why she looks so much like Eliza Dushku. Special effects supervisor Lonnie Lonnie Perister 
says they couldn't afford to shoot Vanessa's perspective using green screen, so instead they came up with the crazy idea of painting the actors with glow-in-the-dark paint and shooting the scenes in the dark. Nice. The effect was intensified by offsetting the footage to create tracers and then reversing the image. That's pretty cool and pretty creative. This episode, as Tim Minear explains, provides a detailed exploration of Wolfram and Hart, establishing the power base there and laying the groundwork for season two. Names of the investigating officer on their officers on the arrest record for Vanessa Brewer are those of crew members who worked on the series. <laughs> In German, this was called the Augen der Vanessa Brewer, the eyes of Vanessa Brewer. Hmm. Goose and bloopers. Angel angrily announces they acquitted her. Hung jury. In fact, it's one or the other. Hung jury is one that does not reach a verdict. Whereas acquittal is a verdict of not guilty. All right. Have anything else you want to say about this episode? I'm all good. Okay. Thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying Wolfcast and Pod. If so, subscribe to us using your podcast listening application and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. In fact... Right now, when we're recording this episode, if you do it, you'll be the first. Congratulations. <laughs> You're our first customer. Um, but for now, if uh, um, this podcast is the one good thing we ever did together, Marsha, the only good thing, make sure to tell the world that. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.